0: This is the Howie Silbiger show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292.
1: Right here on the True Talk Radio Network, my name is Howie Silberger. Welcome to the Howie Silberger Show. So happy to be with you here right now, and I am so thrilled that you could join me tonight as we navigate another two hours of the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The show is live, which means that you could call in. The number to call is one 669 1292 Just follow the prompts one 669 1292 is the number to call to be on on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. Now, it has been a little bit of time since we've last been on. And uh, I apologize that we took some time off, but that happens. And it's going to happen throughout the summer. There'll be weeks that we will be on, weeks we won't be on. You'll just have to bear with us. Uh, I'm trying to add, uh, I know I mentioned this before, I'm going to mention it again. I'm trying to add another night to the um to the broadcast I want to do another night during the week. Uh unfortunately that scheduling has been a little tough. Uh, as soon as I'm able to finalize that kind of scheduling, I will be um I'll be adding a day another day to the show. So the show will be on twice a week, it'll be on Sundays and it'll be on another day during the week, but I can't finalize that. Um the scheduling has been a little uh, a little tough. It's been a little hard to get um to, to get the right timing and, and you know life is all about timing isn't it And um, And so I, I'm trying I, I'm, I'm making an honest effort To be on twice a week uh, And it's not happening yet But it may happen in the near future So keep an eye on the Facebook page look for The Howie Silberger Show on Facebook and um, And all the information Will be posted there when we are ready And able to go on an extra night I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. We are live. It is Sunday night. You can feel free to call in 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. That is the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. We have a great show in for you tonight. Uh, A little later on in the show, we'll be joined by Mr. Uh, Sheldon Eric Freed. He is our long-suffering producer here on the Howie Silberger Show. He will be part of the show a little later on. He'll be joining us. And, of course, he'll have a center block. Mark David, our intrepid reporter from Toronto. I am not quite sure if he is going to be on the show or not. It is a possibility that he might be on the show a little later on. It's Father's Day, and uh, he didn't have any plans for tonight. He uh, he lives very far away from his father. And then, uh, then, then some family popped up, and uh, he had a family thing he had to go to. So I, I'm not sure if he's going to be on tonight or not. We, we'll find out a little later on in the show. If if he's back in time, he'll be on the show. If he's not back in time, well, we'll see him next week. That's 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 the worst that happens. Is that we see him next week? One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. Um, I have an issue, and uh, I know I come onto the show uh, almost every week with issues. I have plenty of issues, uh, but I, I have an issue, and uh, this issue uh, dates back a long time. I, I wrote a blog piece about this years ago, and uh, I'm just going to pull it up. I, I didn't pull it up before the show. I really should have, but uh, I'm going to pull it up now. And, of course, you can read all my blogs, all my blog pieces from the beginning of time. You could read on HowieSilberger.com. Just go to HowieSilberger.com. They are all there, really. Every blog I ever wrote is on howiesilberger.com.com. So uh, if you go to uh, all the blogs are there. And this blog is there, too. The blog I'm about to share with you um, is there, too, Uh, if I can find it, because uh, I think it's important that we talk about this topic. Now, if I'm able to find this blog, there's a lot of them. Uh, My blogging goes back um, years and years and years. And so there's a lot of blogs on the site. And I really, I, I know, I know, I know. In the prep for the show, I knew I was going to talk about this topic, and I knew that I was going to, uh, to to want to read you the blog that I wrote years ago, because it still applies today, and I really should have looked it up, because that would have been a professional thing to do. I know. I know. You don't have to tell me this. I know this, and uh, and I didn't, and um, and I'm responsible for that. And now I'm killing time here, and you could tell I'm killing time because we are, um, because I'm looking for the blog. So let me tell you about what the uh, what the topic is at least. So let's let's talk about that. the um, The topic is uh, is that the synagogues have started locking their doors. Now now synagogues have locked their doors for a while, but um, but now they've started locking their doors on the Sabbath. They've started hiring people to stand at the doors. They've put in security measures that the doors are always locked. And, and sometimes what happens is that uh, people come to pray and they can't get into the building because the building's locked. Now, of course, the building is locked to protect the people in the building and to protect the, uh, the worshippers that are, that are praying at the building. That's why the building is locked. And I think it's an important thing to protect people when they go to pray. We have seen a lot of synagogue shootings. We've seen a lot of shootings in synagogues over the last little while, and if we don't make an effort to protect the Jews coming to pray, then Jews will stop coming to pray. Let's um, let's be honest here. You can't um, you can't expect people to show up to a place that's not secure that they don't feel safe in. And a house of God should you should always feel safe in a house of God. And this is where I'm, this is where I'm bothered. So I I wrote this piece, uh, I just found it. I wrote this piece on January 14th, 2012. So we're talking, we're talking a long time ago. And, um, and it still applies today, which is, which is scary. Most of it is still kind of current. This was written in 2012. Let me share it with you because uh, I, I, I want to. All right. Today, on on the Sabbath, the front door to our synagogue was locked. It was an unusual occurrence at this particular synagogue. Another synagogue, for some mysterious reason, never unlocks the front door, but this one always had it unlocked, and I was bewildered by it. After much investigation, I found that the doors were locked in precaution for reprisals from the incursion of Israel into Gaza. It was done, I was told, for my own protection. For my protection? Do I live in Gaza? Am I in the middle of a war zone? Can there be any less Jewish message than a synagogue locking their doors on Sabbath? Last week on this blog, I asked a question as to why pro-Israel Montreal Jews don't demonstrate on the streets. See, another topic that I bring up uh, often, and uh, I I was talking about this topic back in 2012. I went into a huge diatribe as to the message Montreal Jews are sending to Israel and the world by huddling in their ghetto and meeting in their synagogues to support Israel. This week I will not do that. Jew-hating, pro-Arab thugs took to the streets a week ago, calling for jihad, murder, and elimination of the Jews. And I, I provided a YouTube um, a YouTube link. So if you go to look at the blog from uh, January fourteenth, two thousand and twelve, you'll see the, uh, the the link there. Uh, why on HowieSilberger.com. Why did they feel that they could march through the streets of peaceful Montreal and scream these hateful, insightful, and offensive slogans? because they knew that Jews in great numbers would shy away from counter-protests, would shy away from criticizing them, and would basically stay away. This was proven over and over again by the Jewish community. When Hillel brought in Bibi Netanyahu, the former Prime Minister of the State of Israel, now the current Prime Minister, to speak at Concordia, a small riot by the same Arab protesters seen in that YouTube video stopped the speech. Even though hundreds of Israeli supporters were sitting in the hall waiting for Netanyahu to start speaking, Even though Netanyahu himself was ready to show up and deliver his message, the organized Jewish community, who later blamed Concordia, decided it was a security risk, so the peaceful participants at a university were deprived of their program by a few hundred thugs. Jews are scared. They are scared because the community preaches fear. Jews are scared because in the last decade, the community has invested millions of dollars to build forts and fortresses around our schools, our synagogues, and our community centers. The community is scared because the organized Jewish community has consistently refused to speak tough when it comes to Jew hatred. The community is scared because our leadership is scared. The definition of a leader is one who stands in the forefront and leads, not one who cowers in their highly priced protected ghetto and squeaks from behind a podium. Yes, sir, Arafat, although I hate everything the man stood for, was a leader. He didn't shy away from the Israelis. He didn't shy away from the message that the Palestinians must be a free people living in their own state. As terroristic and repulsive the mass-murdering man was, he exemplified everything a leader should be, and his people are stronger for it. In, an evil, in, in all evil, there's a lesson. Yes, Arafat taught us that you believe you are fighting for what's right. Then put your body and soul in front of it until death. Too many times in Jewish history, Jews hid away in their ghettos. Too many times in Jewish history, did Jews cower and hide. Today we have a strong homeland. Today we are a proud people who should be holding our heads up high and declaring our Jewishness, declaring our publicity for our support of Israel, but most importantly, declaring that we are not afraid. I find myself quoting Rabbi Meir Kahana a lot these days. Although some consider him a radical, he did quite a few things to say about Jewish activism that applies greatly today. At a speech at Brandeis University shortly before his assassination in 1990, Kahane was accosted by Jewish protesters calling him a racist and Israel a genocide state. His response could teach us a lesson. Here's the quote. If God forbid we should listen to these crazy Jews here, there would be no Jewish state. They still suffer from an advanced specific form of Jewish ale. It's called guilt. There are certain kinds of Jews who hone guilt as to a fine art. They feel guilty about everything, whether we did it, we didn't do it. We are guilty. Remember in Lebanon and Beirut, Christian Arabs massacred Muslim Arabs, who was guilty of the Jews. Don't feel guilty. They had their opportunity over and over and over again for a state called Palestine. They refused because they believed they could have everything. So they speak today of moderate Arabs, a more sophisticated version of moderate terrorists, who presumably murdered Jews moderately. There is not one Arab speaker who, if he came to Brandeis, would ever be picked by an Arab, and I know. They are not riddled with guilt as these people are. Now this this was written 19 years later. 19 years later Jews are still racked with guilt. This is why Federation did not hold their solidarity on the streets of Montreal. This is why a small ragtag group of people who have been standing in solidarity with Israel on a weekly basis for years have been marginalized and ignored. This is why Jew haters feel free to march in downtown Montreal unabatted and unopposed screaming "Itbach Ali Yehud slaughter the Jews. They know What the Jewish community has yet to figure out When the rhetoric gets tough The Jews hide in their synagogues And lock the doors When asked on Radio Shalom Montreal Why Solidarity Rally was being held indoors Deep inside the Jewish ghetto Federation CJA President Mark Gold replied It's easier to control the message Unfortunately the message is That the rally and the inaction Of the Jewish community And is that the community is weak Scared and hiding We are once again lambs waiting for the slaughter Ed Bach El Yehuda slaughtered the Jews Yelled to protesters last Sunday The Jewish community's collective response A loud click as they locked their synagogue doors On Shabbos So this I wrote in 2012 January 14th, 2012 I will post it again on the Howie Silberger show page So you could uh, you could find it So go to facebook.com And uh, and and like the Howie Silberger show page I'll post up a link there Because uh, I, I think it's as relevant today As it was then uh, Sure, some of the uh, references are a little dated but I don't think much has changed at all I I don't think much has changed the Jews still lock their doors on Saturdays the Jews still hide in their ghettos and in their synagogues and have rallies and, 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 um, and vigils in their synagogues instead of taking to the streets and saying we're not scared of you the only way to fight back against a Jew hater The only way to destroy a Jew hater is to destroy a Jew hater, is to actually physically destroy a Jew hater. It's very sad that we don't, that that the community doesn't subscribe to this. And this is the reason, by the way, that the community doesn't allow and and doesn't force uh, Jewish schools, they force Jewish schools to have guards in front of the school. But they don't force Jewish schools to teach self-defense. They don't. They don't force uh, Jewish schools and Jewish institutions to have um, to have people in the synagogues and in the uh, in the community who could defend people. If that's the case, they don't. They don't have a walk-safe program. I tried to start one years ago, and I was called a radical, and uh, it was shut down by the RCMP by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Where the Jewish organizations turn me into the police? for trying to start a walk-safe program for people being mugged. This is the uh, kind of community that we're living in. This is the kind of world we're living in. And although in 2012, I was specifically referring to, uh, to, to events that were happening in 2012, the truth is that nothing has changed at all. The truth is that we are still living in a community that's scared, we're still living in a community that is that is spending millions and millions and millions of dollars building fortresses to protect Jews we are still living in a world where Jew haters want to walk into a synagogue and kill people we are still living in a world where a government, where multiple governments in Europe, not even one government, multiple governments in Europe could tell Jews, do not wear kippahs, do not wear anything that resembles a religious symbol, or you will be attacked. We are living in a world where a government in Canada, when a provincial government in Canada could pass laws banning people from wearing religious symbols. And nobody, nobody puts up much of a protest. There's no screaming and yelling. There's no rioting in the street. Nobody seems to care. This is the kind of world we're living in. It's a sad and a scary world. It's a world that's, that makes you wonder. Is there a future for the Jewish people outside of Israel? Is there a way for the Jewish people to survive in the diaspora? When we know that there's so much hatred, is it possible that there will be a, a, another Holocaust? And, of course, we have the lefty Jews who don't see the danger, who, who, who refuse. They wear, they're they're blindly ignorant, and they're willfully ignorant. Uh, the, yesterday, t- um, I posted up an article on Facebook yesterday saying that, um, that the Venezuelan government has now started tattooing their citizens with numbers on their arms so that when they go to um, food lines that uh, they, don't, they don't take double rations. And I said, this is scary. And of course, there's always a, uh, one of those Jews, one of those, uh, one, of those, one of those lefty Jews, who post up, yeah, it's scary that there's so many food lines. No, that's not what's scary. That's not the scary part of that. Food lines. I mean, if you if you have a socialist state, you're going to have food lines. That's that's part of communism. It's part of socialism. That's not going to change. That that socialism has never worked. And creating a socialist state, you are creating food lines. The scary part is that the tactic that the government of Venezuela is using now to identify their citizenship is. Equivalent to the tactic that the Nazis used to identify their citizenship. That's the scary part: is that nobody, is, is that nobody's looking at this and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! One second, tattooing citizens, branding people." There, there, there has to be an issue with that. If I misgender someone, if I call someone he instead of she, my God, I could go to jail. But a government could go and they could and they could brand people. <sighs> it's the kind of world we live in. No outrage. Only outrage about stupid stuff. No outrage about the real stuff. And when I bring it up on the show and I yell and I scream about it and I and I try to rile up the community and try to try try to let people know that, you know, this is the stuff we should be talking about. I'm called the radical. So sad. So, so sad. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We are heard live on the True Talk Radio Network every Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. You can feel free to call in. Number to call one eight seven seven we will take a little break. When we come back, the show continues right here on the True Talk Radio Network.
2: related Ultimately high On that first page Of our story Till the time Our parents were created An envious brother came Through a blow So mad and chilling Tragically He never did recover Selfishness that's killing that stranger who's our sister and our brother. So, listen, brother, listen, friend, just a little smile, a helping hand. We all will find a loving, kind humanity. We must teach our children to treat their fellow friends. Rushing back Writing chapters full of sorrow Webs of self-destruction We are weaving Cause if we don't even try There's no hope for our tomorrow So what's it all worth If we are not achieving So listen smile, a helping hand, and we all will find a loving, kind humanity. We must teach our children to treat your fellow friends like day. now at last the happy ending a global union anxiously excited
3: Cause a little baby gonna live my life and die as a Jew, as a Jew, as a Jew. I got nothing to apologize to you. I'm a son of Abraham. I've been in the promised land. Shouldn't you, shouldn't you, shouldn't you?
0: The Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292.
1: And let me give you that number again. It's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. 669 1292 My name is Howie Silburger. This is the Howie Silburger Show. We are heard live every Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll be joined by Sheldon Eric Freed, my intrepid... Re- uh, my No, my, my, he's not my intrepid reporter. See, I'm so used to saying we'll be joined by Mark David, and I'm not sure Mark David's going to be on tonight, uh, so so I wasn't going to mention him. But I, I did, because... Um, because I, I don't know how to follow script. Uh, so uh, we, we, um, we will be joined by Sheldon Eric Freed. He is my long-suffering producer. He'll have a center block for us a little later on, and Mark David will be joining us maybe. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to be on or not. Uh, we'll find out later on in the show. It's a big surprise for you and for me right here on the Howie Silberger Show. But, of course, you could be on the program, and uh, you are always welcome to join me. By dialing one 669 1292 and getting in on the conversation. That is, that is your prerogative. You could do that. So anytime you want to be on the show with me, you could do that. You could dial one 669 1292 And guess what? I'll be talking to you. So we're talking about locking the uh, synagogue doors on Sabbath. This is what's been happening right across North America. North American synagogues have taken huge security precautions after the shooting after after multiple synagogue shootings in the last year or so, and they've uh, they've taken these precautions, and they started locking the doors all the time, which which I which I think was a great idea to start with. By the way, I'm not opposed to locking the doors and protecting people. Now I know I know I'm going to get a, a bunch of emails after the show saying, "Howie, what? You want Jews to die?" No, no, I don't want people to die. <laughs> I don't want people to feel uh, scared going to synagogue. I have no objection to locking the doors. My objection is to. The message we are sending the younger generation by locking the doors, we're not sending them. They're not getting the message that we are doing this for your protection. We're doing this because we feel that um, that there's danger out there and people are crazy, and we have to we have to protect you from crazy people. This is not the message that they're going to get. The message they're going to get is that any time that we are confronted with an issue, every time we're confronted with a problem with an enemy. We go and we hide. We build ourselves fortresses. We spend millions of dollars to build fortresses. We hide behind our locked doors and the safety of our walls of our synagogue. And we don't fight back. And this is the message we are sending, that we do not fight back, that we are cowards. And of course, I, I, I could expand this into, into Holocaust education because this is, uh, this is a problem I had with Holocaust education uh, for years already is that Holocaust education consists of showing young kids consistently piles of dead Jewish bodies. This is what uh, Holocaust education. Taking them out to Poland, putting millions of dollars in the Polish economy, a country that hates Jews, a country that just told Jews, uh, them, Germany, France, just told Jews not to wear uh, religious symbols in public because if they do, they will be attacked. Putting millions of dollars into these countries, into this country's uh, coffers, into this country's economy by bringing tens of thousands of Jews to go and look at cemeteries and and death camps that Jews were destroyed in. I could think of much better use of our money, our community money, than doing that. But what we're doing is we are destroying the will of young people to fight back. We are destroying the will of young people to take a stand and to say, I support and I stand with. We've destroyed that. I like to use the example of, uh, of Israel advocacy and uh, of what gets feted in the community for Israel advocacy. So, in, in many communities, uh, Israel advocacy is handled by the Hillels, the, uh, the, the Hillel group which is now run by Combined Jewish Appeal, uh, the federations of whatever community uh, they are in. They used to be run by B'nai B'rith. And when they were run by B'nai B'rith, they weren't any better. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. Nothing happened with the shift from one organization to the other. Nothing changed philosophy-wise. Hillel has always been like this. And because they want to be inclusive for everybody, including the lefties, they have to take a stance that is... um, that, that 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 is really weird. That is really, really weird. So I've told the story a million times. I'm going to tell it again because I think it's a fun story to tell. Uh, I was teaching a course in Israel advocacy at a local high school. Uh, it doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter what the course was. But I was teaching a course in Israel advocacy at a high school. And I was replaced by a Hillel guy, by, by the director, the exec director of Hillel. Now, the reason, I was, that was, it was a total political change. Um, they, they took me out. They put him in because they wanted the, uh, the school to be more affiliated with Hillel. They wanted their kids to get to know the Hillel guy. I mean, there was a lot of reasons why I was replaced teaching that course. Uh, content couldn't have been one of them because I was teaching kids um, how to fight back and defend Israel on campus. This is what, this was what my goal was in teaching that course. I was teaching kids that, you know, you're going to graduate from high school. You're going on to university and college campuses uh, across the world. You have to be able to defend Israel because Israel will be attacked on whatever campus you're on. And you will be attacked because you are Jewish and Israel is a Jewish state. And you have to know how to defend Israel. And I don't care what your politics are. I don't care if you're right-wing, left-wing, centrist. I, I really couldn't care less what your politics are. The fact is that there will be arguments thrown at you and you need the facts to understand how to argue back. Now, you could argue back uh, from any perspective you want, and that's, that's irrelevant to me. But you have to have the facts. You have to have the truth behind you. Because any time you argue the truth, you can never lose. You can't lose arguing the truth. And so I taught them what apartheid was. We, we spent weeks talking about apartheid in South Africa and then comparing Israel to apartheid. I taught them what the UN does and doesn't do what they're supposed to do, and what they don't do. I taught them the history of Zionism, that there are many forms of Zionism, and not all Zionism are are the Zionism that they learned. And there are many different views on Zionism, and we walked through the views on Zionism. I I taught them uh, how to protest, when to protest, how to write a letter to the editor of a newspaper, how to write a letter to uh, a TV station and a radio station saying, hey, that that ad was no good. I, I taught them how to read between the lines, when they're reading articles to understand that the story being told in, in, in whatever article they're reading is probably not the the full story. I taught them how to look at video and, and notice where the video is cut and be very critical on the kind of video that they show. And I used that, and, and the way I taught that was I, I used raw footage, then I used edited footage, and I showed them how by editing footage, by editing video footage, you could actually tell a different story by using different camera angles. You could tell a totally different story. And I, I proved that to them uh, through video. And this was the course I taught. And the kids who came out of the course, if you ask them, I mean, they're not kids anymore, but the people who came out of the course, if you ask them, they will tell you that they learned a lot. And they and when they went on to campus, they were prepared to face down the anti-Israel protesters on campus. When I was replaced, the guy who took over was the exec director of Hillel. Or oh, th- at least he was, he, was, he was working towards being the former exec director of Hillel. And the first class he taught was, you could be pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli at the same time, and there's no conflict of interest. You could support the, strival, the, the, the the striving of the Palestinian people to have a Palestinian state in the same land that Israel has an Israeli state, and there's no conflict at all. That was the first class that he taught so I saw him in the hallway I was still teaching at the school I was teaching something else and I saw him in the hallway and I said um, I'm just trying to understand how could you say that the Palestinians have the undeniable right to build a state in the exact same land that the state of Israel exists in what are they going to do superimpose it on top of each other are they going to build stilts I mean how, how, how physically could this possibly be and how could you say there's no conflict when the, when the Palestinian flag, uh, forget the flag, if you take a look at the Palestinian propaganda and you look at the, the map of Palestine and what they claim is Palestine and what they want to be Palestine, it is the exact same map as the state of Israel. So how could you possibly say that you could be pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli at the same time? You could support their, their, their undeniable um, right to have a state which just so happens to be the exact same shape and same location as the state of Israel. How could that work logistically? Unless you're supporting, of course, the destruction of the state of Israel. Because if you're doing that, then then I understand this. He called me a fascist. That's how he answered me. He says, you are a fascist. And then he refused to talk to me after that. And this is what Israel advocacy has become in the Jewish community. Because everybody's afraid to offend anybody. Because everybody's afraid of the truth everybody's afraid to stand up and tell the truth to speak the truth to teach the truth to be the truth just go hide in our locked synagogues and we, 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 we don't educate our kids to be proud Jews to be proud Zionists to be proud Jews to, to, to love the Torah to love to love Judaism we teach our kids to hate Judaism we teach our kids that Judaism is fear. Judaism is victimhood. Judaism is mountains of bodies being pushed by a bulldozer into a pit in the middle of Poland. This is what we teach our kids, that Judaism is. We were persecuted, we were persecuted, we are persecuted, let's eat. That's what Judaism has become. I know it's a sad commentary and I, I hate to be the one to say this. I, I really hate this commentary. But this is where we've gotten. This is where the Jewish community has gotten. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the audacity, and uh, I have a lot of audacity. I had the audacity. I did a radio show, and at the time we were on an AM station, and uh, we had a huge listenership on the AM station, which has since uh, shut down or whatever happened to that AM station. We're not on the AM station anymore. And I had the audacity to do a show saying that um, that Jews aren't survivors of the Holocaust we are victors of the Holocaust we won I had the audacity to do a full two hour show saying that Jews won the Holocaust we didn't lose, we won and my proof simply was that here I am my, my, both my grandparents were in concentration camps and here I am talking to you on the radio As a proud Jew, wearing a kippah, I'm sitting here talking to you. That means we didn't lose. That means that the Nazis did not win. They could not have won. Because if they would have won, we wouldn't exist today. True Talk Radio wouldn't exist today. I would not exist today. You would not exist today if you're Jewish. That's what would have happened if the Nazis had won. But the Nazis didn't win. And Jews survived. And Jews were victorious in surviving the genocide against them. And by being victorious, we stand tall and proud, or at least we should. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we stand tall and proud? Not cower in our corners And cower in our synagogues And lock the doors And pray that nobody bothers us Shouldn't we be a proud strong nation But we're not I'm not saying don't remember The victims of the Holocaust God forbid I would never say that Don't remember the people who died No no always remember the people who died Have your, have commemorations About the people who died But don't forget that there were a whole group of people who didn't die. There were a whole group of people who fought back. There were partisans in the forest killing Nazis. There were people trying to assassinate Hitler. There were people who fought tooth and nail for the survival of the Jewish people. There were people in the camps. There's a great story about a rabbi in the camp who baked matzah who made matzah. He baked matzah so that the Jews around him at least could celebrate Passover. There were people in bunkers and, and in holes and in, uh, in attics that we must remember. But we see that the, we see that even that memory is starting to fade. Even that memory is starting to disappear. and And this was the scariest thing that happened in the last couple of weeks uh, i'm um I, I'm more than outraged on this, and I don't get outraged easily. Uh, usually, I take things in stride. I mean I get on the show we talk about the issues, but I, I don't get outraged by the issues and this was outrageous, and this shows where we have gotten to when it comes to when it comes to uh, Jews. Reverence to the dead people of the Holocaust. Self-respect. It's its all just dissipated. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. By the way, you can get on the conversation if you want. 1-877-669-1292. I, l- I love Mel Brooks. I, I really do. His movies crack me up. From his skewering of the Third Reich in the producers to his bumbling Nazis in To Be or Not to Be. Mel Brooks made it a point to ridicule Nazis and Nazism, taking down their evil by mocking them. When the television show Hogan's Heroes came out, the cast were survivors of Nazi atrocities. Some of them were survivors of death camps. Others fought in the resistance or the partisan movements. Warner Klemperer played Colonel Klink. He was the head of the prisoner of war camp. that the the show was based around. He was um, also the most incompetent Nazi in the force. Now, Klemperer insisted that he would never wear a swastika, nor would he ever allow Klink to be victorious in his schemes. The Nazis always had to be the losers and the butt of every joke. When a swastika appeared on that show, it was always upside down, and the majority of the Nazis in the show were played by death camp survivors who saw it as a victory to be able to, after suffering the way they did, play Nazis as a fool. Boy, have the times changed. It is amazing in a world that is super sensitive, a world where careers and reputations are ended by the utterance of monosyllabic words, a world where a 70-year-old recording of God Bless America is pulled from stadiums and statues of the singer, are covered up and then removed because Kate Smith once sang a song that may be perceived today as racist. In that kind of world... It is amazing, it's mind-boggling that Netflix found it appropriate to produce a show that roasts a young teen, and Frank, who was murdered during the Holocaust. Now, first of all, using the term roasting a Holocaust victim is absolutely the most disturbing thing that I've ever heard. You know, considering the fact that millions of Jews were roasted in the ovens of Auschwitz, Birkenau, and Treblinka. The imagery that the roast brings up is not pleasant or funny to descendants of people murdered in these prisons. I'm sure the writers of the show found the double entendre hilarious. But it only goes to prove that insulting comedy has to come to a screeching halt. Unless, of course, it's about Jews. Imagine for a second if the subject of the show would have been the roast of Emmett Till, a 14-year-old black child who was murdered in Mississippi in 1955. His mother's decision to show his beat-up, decomposing body at his funeral was one of the catalysts of the civil rights movement that finally brought down segregation and brought equality under the law, in theory, at least to all races in the U.S. What would happen if the show used characters like the woman who accused Till of catcalling her, the three men who beat him up, ...tied a rope around his neck and drowned him... ...and the judge who acquitted his murderers... ...as characters to roast and mock him. I'm sure the writers of the Anne Frank episode... ...would recoil in horror. Oh my God, we can't do that. Yeah, at the thought that... Uh, they, they, reco- ...they would recoil in horror... ...if that, if that was brought up in the, in the writing room. Netflix would never allow it to air. Society would freak out. Netflix would have to make a major... ...public relations uh, apology. It would be a public relations disaster... Um, the comedians involved uh, comedians I'll use that in very loosely uh, the comedians involved in the episode would be blacklisted forever, and that's what would happen if they did a roast of Emmett Till. yet somehow it's okay to roast Anne Frank to mock a girl who was murdered in Birkenau in uh, I'm sorry in um, in Dachau It's okay to do that. It's okay to murder Anne Frank. She was, she was around the same age as Emmett Till when she died a horrific death in, um, in a concentration camp under the Nazis and murdered because of her religion. So is there much of a difference between a, uh, a 14, 15-year-old girl murdered because of her religion or a 14, 15-year-old black kid murdered because of his skin color? No, I don't think so. Yet it's okay to do a Netflix roasting of Anne Frank. Now the producers of the show, there there was a little bit of an outcry, and the producers of the show said, lighten up, it's comedy. The uh, comedians, and I'll use that term extremely loosely, used in the episode are all Jewish, which makes it even more horrific to me. These Jews, all dressed in Nazi costumes with proper swastikas, and all were willing participants in this abomination. All these Jewish people, were the ones roasting Anne Frank. How sad and sick society has become. When Mel Brooks and the producers of Hogan's Heroes went the Nazi comedy route, their goal was to ridicule Nazis. Netflix decided to ridicule the victims. There's a thick line between the two, and although there's been no substantial kickback from a segment of society who finds shaming and mocking Holocaust victims distasteful, there's no calls for boycotts or major pressure put on Netflix to pull the show and destroy the tapes. There's no calling out of the comedians in the show. No ruining of careers, no free cuts whatsoever. Just a passive sigh, a nod, a few angry articles, and pretty much silence. The memory of Holocaust victims deserve more than that. Never again is an empty phrase if we continue to allow the memory of the Holocaust and its victims sullied by garbage such as this. To think that a little more than 70 years after the attempted genocide of the Jewish people that Jews would be part of this project is, is absolutely sickening. It's deplorable. It's condemnable. The fact that the director of programming for Netflix is a Jewish descendant of Holocaust survivors is even more deplorable. This really should be a wake-up call for all Jews. Both in North America and around the world, Jewish life is expendable. Murdered Jews are to be mocked. By allowing this show to be produced, Netflix is saying that empathy, compassion, and caring for the Jewish people is over. I'm sure every single Jewish, every single anti-Jewite, every single one of them heard the message loud and clear. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live every Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in. Numbers to call. 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, maybe I'm overreacting here. I don't know. I, I don't think I am. But you know, maybe you think I'm overreacting. Let me know what you think. one 669 1292
4: Just a ragged boy With no place to stay No one wants a Jewish child
2: They all chase him away Just a ragged boy boy Trying to survive survive. survive. He'll do anything. anything
5: Just Stay alive
4: When the Gestapo came To his parents' home He was in the bedroom A little boy alone When they took them away He had no place left to stay So he went off And tried to find his way
5: He went from town to town
4: Hoping someone Would take a vagabond child As a son With sticks and stones They chased him from their homes Nothing but a ragged child just a ragged boy with no place to stay no one wants a jewish child to all chase him away Must be a Jewish child out there running wild. Will save his soul and sprinkle him with water. They taught him things. They showed him what to do. And never, never did they mention the word Jew. Things didn't stay the same. They even changed his name, Christopher. The son of the pastor Just a ragged boy With no place to go They saved his life But they only want his soul Just a ragged boy Trying to survive You will do anything Just to stay alive
0: This is the Howie Silbiger show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292.
1: So Netflix has decided that roasting Anne Frank is the uh, is the appropriate thing to do. That, that's okay to uh, to make fun of victims of the Holocaust. How sad and disgusting is that? And, and the Jewish community hasn't really freaked out all that much about this. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of um, there were a couple of articles written. There was um, there was a couple of uh, there were a couple of uh, radio shows done about it. Not very much. Uh, Netflix has not been pressured to take down the show. The comedians, and I use that term very loosely, that participated in this abomination have not been censured by the community or by public opinion. Nobody seems to care that Netflix produced a show making fun of Holocaust victims. I know we're, we're almost 80 years after the Holocaust, but what will become of the memories? Apparently, apparently, they will be forgotten. I'm Howie Subogas, the Howie Subogas Show. You can give me a call if you want, one When we come back from the short break, Sheldon Eric Freed, my long-suffering producer, will be with us.
2: Very tired, old, and worn out man. And my eyes have long been blind. Most things that people say to me just seem to slip in my mind. Oh, but the suffering and painful times that were in years long gone are still as clear upon my memory as the numbers on my arm What will become of all the memories Are they to scatter with the dust in the breeze Stand before the world Knowing what to say When the very last
5: Survivor
2: Fades away Fades away When I hold my grandson Close to me And his fingers trace The pattern of my tears he asks me, "Zayden, tell
4: me, why do you cry? What is it that you
5: fear?
2: Oh, and I tell him there once was another child Who smelled this sweet and felt this woe But he was taken from before my eyes and only I remain to no war What will become of all the memories? Are they to scatter with the dust in the breeze? And who will stand before a world that now wishes to deny? How will they believe in someone? change Time has a way of passing by so fast Like a fleeting shadow, no one will recall The faces of the past What will become of all the memories Are they to scatter with Just in the breeze, yet one thought gives me comfort. It's all that I have left. For I know that God in heaven won't
5: forget.
0: show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292.
1: And my name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm so glad that you could join us. This is hour number two. And uh so happy you're here. Really? I- I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. We are heard every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on TrueTalkRadio.com. And of course you could call in. The numbers to call 1-877-669-1292. 1-877-669-1292. Joining me now is my long-suffering producer, Mr. Sheldon Eric Freed. Hello, Sheldon.
6: You know, I'm so happy to be here.
1: Are you are you really that happy to be here?
6: Well, because you're happy to be here, I'm happy to be here and I'm sure the people that are listening are happy to listen to us wow. because we're we are both happy to be here. As long
1: as everybody's happy. That's that's what matters to me.
6: Well, there you go, right? Eh? <laughs> you got to be happy, Sheldon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean you must be happy. I am definitely one happy camper.
1: Good, good. So, yes. so you're happy. I'm happy. So we're all happy. That's it. I don't know if Mark's happy, but you know, me and you, we're happy. We're happy. The listeners are happy.
6: I'm sure Mark's happy that he has an, a brand new microphone. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm happy about, that. <laughs>
6: yes, we're happy about that.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. Sheldon, um, the, the the Netflix roast of Anne Frank. Okay. Now, <laughs> uh,
6: calling it a roast. I think
1: it's the most distasteful thing that they could possibly do.
6: When you They talk, couldn't think of another word?
1: When you're talking about roasting a um a Holocaust victim and uh, just the concept of um of producing a um a comedic show that mocks a Holocaust victim and using Jewish comedians to do it seems seems like an abomination to me.
6: Yes. I would I would definitely have I de- definitely would have to agree with you. And also to to use Jewish comedians and their willingness to do this—it's sick, isn't it? There's some kind of mental illness involved here. I mean, you don't have to be religious not to you know not to be comfortable in doing a roast on Anne Frank, I mean,
5: how, and
6: even how... even just the term
1: roast—like
6: I just find it quite disgusting. Honestly, it, it really I, I don't is. know what I don't know what other word I could actually come up with.
1: Uh, You know, the comedians who are are involved in the writers of the show say, you got to lighten up. Uh, You know, it's just comedy. No, no, it's not comedy.
6: I think comedy is... Comedy is okay to joke around to a certain point, but when you're touching a sensitive subject like this, you know, comedy or no comedy, I mean, I could laugh with the best of them, and and I know you can too. We've gone, look, we've gone to nasty shows uh, uh, just for laughs, and comedians have come very close in going over the line, and a couple of them... Had gone over the line, and one of them got caught. And but to do something like th- like this, Netflix, a very w- well renowned, uh, you know, uh, TV TV streaming service and everything like that, and to 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 do that kind of a topic and to get Jewish comedians, I don't know. That's where I think I I you know I draw the line.
1: I find I find it really disgusting, and um, uh, it's it's just revolting. And I you know I used the example last hour, and I want to I want to bring it up again. Uh, what if this was a 14-year-old uh, Emmett Till, the, the, the black kid in 1955 who was killed uh, by a bunch of white guys uh, for allegedly catcalling a, a woman, and then they found out that he didn't catcall the woman, and the guys were acquitted of his murder because you know, he was black and they were white. What if they decided to take this kid who, who started the Civil Rights Movement, his death triggered the Civil Rights Movement, mm-hmm. take this kid and, and roast this kid? I mean like take this kid no, and mock him they shouldn't,
6: they shouldn't roast anybody. No like but if
1: this. they did do that there would yeah. be such an outcry in the world that that, that, that you know Netflix would have to shut down really they they would, they would have no choice. But but it's okay to do it to a holocaust a, a holocaust victim. I I don't understand.
6: I think the world has really desensitized of what the holocaust really means and you know a lot of uh, you know a lot of people even deny the fact that the holocaust Ever existed, as you and I have both have heard many, many, many times, and I think that for what people what people are doing and completely desensitizing that, I think it's thoroughly disgusting.
1: So, so how do we how do we fight this? How do you fight something like this? I mean, I sent a, I sent an email to Robbie Pra, who is the uh, program director of Netflix. Uh, I I know Robbie since he's a little boy. I, I sent him an email and uh, he didn't answer me, right? Because he's not going to. Um, mm-hmm. So, so how do you fight this? How, how, how do you how do you how do you argue with this when the when the community is so blasé, and the community is so apathetic, like the world Jewish community, so apathetic that nobody nobody really stood up and started screaming about this. There would be no I protest. I think that's
6: exactly why they're doing these shows because they know that the community is not standing up. So they're probably fi- 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 figuring out if the community is not standing up, Howie, then maybe they maybe they're not as upset as some people think that they are. But shouldn't we be? Of course. Shouldn't we should. the community be outraged? Shouldn't we be screaming? Uh, first of all, just hearing this is making me outraged. Obviously you're outrageous. You're outraged. <laughs> I am outraged. And, yeah. and, and, and also our, our listeners are outraged too. So I would say to all of our listeners, anybody that's listening to us right now, write to Netflix. Say that this is not acceptable call do whatever you need to do email whatever uh, you need i, to I do would go just... even
1: i would go even one step further sheldon i would say go to your community leaders and tell them to kick up a fuss yes why the quiet why the silence we should be standing up for the memories of the victims of the holocaust
6: you see if we were always vocal about this this would have not have happened in the first place
1: No, yeah, but we tend to go and hide behind our locked doors i mean this is but something that's
6: been a, that's been a problem for how many years now yeah yeah you know and that's and that's the thing and and I'm and, and that's exactly what i'm saying if the community as a whole per se stood up and said you know what netflix we're not going to take this kind of stuff we're not going to take you going over the line like this you have to have respect and you have to be sensitive to the people and to and, and to the jewish Faith, the Jewish religion. But Netflix answers to you, Sheldon. Sheldon, was, the Holocaust. With, with all
1: due respect, Netflix answers to you. Well, it was produced by Jews, and uh, you know all the communities there are Jewish. So, what's your problem?
6: The thing is, because of the fact that they're so desensitized, and the thing is that they know that the community is not standing up, so they're playing. They're playing their own community. If you think about this, it's a little strange, don't you think? They're playing their own community because their own community is not responding to say, hey, this is immoral and this is unacceptable.
1: It's totally immoral. Uh, so, but-
6: so the thing is that they're banking on this because the community really hasn't raised a stink about it. So they're saying, well, if it's not bothering them, it's like if you're being bullied at school. If you don't fight back and you keep getting bullied at school, they're going to keep bullying you until, you, until one day you, you fight back and say, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah, Let's
1: go to the phones Hi, who's this?
6: It's Nathan Howie
1: Hey Nathan, how are you?
7: Good, good, thank you I just want to chime into the, into the conversation And uh, hi Sheldon Hi Nathan
1: Yeah, Nathan is calling from Melbourne, Australia That's why we have a little bit of static on the line He's calling from very far away
7: Yeah, it's coming in loud and clear I can hear you on the other side uh, I want to chime into the conversation with Netflix I don't have Netflix and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's another thing. But, uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, it's, that's not good what Netflix has done. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty bad.
1: So so do you think that, uh, that, like Sheldon said, that people have just been desensitized to the Holocaust, so they feel it's okay to do stuff like this? Or do you think there's an ulterior motive here?
7: Um, I don't know if it's an ulterior motive, but if people have got Netflix, they should cancel it. They should cancel it. If, if, if Netflix is, has done that, well, you know, they should can't, can't, can't cancel their subscription.
1: Well, why do you think, Nathan, that, um, that the Jewish community leadership has been quiet about this? Has anybody in Australia gotten up and jumping, screaming and yelling about this? No.
7: No, no one's done it in Australia, and this is the first time I've heard about this. Although that you're talking about it now, so uh, yeah, no one, no one's no one's bothered about it.
1: So why do you think people aren't bothered about it? Why do you think the leadership of the communities, and uh, by the way, there has been no Jewish organisation that's gotten up and yelled at Netflix about this. So why do you think that's happened?
7: Well, well, Harry, I think uh, they don't want to make a fuss. They just want to let it let it just die and. And and not and not have not not make an issue out of it. That's what our Jews are like. When it gets to a serious problem, yes, we'll do something about it, and then we'll just wipe it under the table. I don't know what you think, Sheldon.
6: Well, you know what? I think the biggest thing is, they hate to say the three-letter word, uh, gentlemen. But what about the Jewish Defense League? Why is it possible for them to get involved? And and. Uh, Go to Netflix and saying, "Listen, you t- you got to take this down right now. We as a Jewish, we as the Jewish community, are not going to accept this anymore. I am standing up for the people in the Jewish community and take this rubbish off." Uh, Correct. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the uh,
1: Jewish Defense League said anything about this.
6: Um, that that would be because if the Jewish Defense League didn't say anything about this, then uh, now I'm questioning the Jewish Defense League because I would think the Jewish Defense League would or definitely have should have said something.
1: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I agree Maybe. with you. And also, also, Howie, um, in your comments before um, um, Howie came on air, uh, you said that it's now 80 years on from the Holocaust. What's the next generation going to be like? They'll just totally forget about, about what's happened with the Holocaust. It'll just be wiped, wiped, wiped under the table again so you know the next generation will just will 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 not even learn about what happened in the holocaust
1: yeah it's it's really sad that these memories are going to disappear and the the people who survived the holocaust are, are slowly slowly fading away and then who's going to carry the memories uh, you know when when you have netflix selling the memory of the holocaust uh, victims who's going to, who's going to stand there and and remember and remember them and remember them for the people they were not for the um not for the idiocy that Netflix is putting out. I'm really, really upset about this.
7: Yeah, and also, Howie, that uh, Melbourne, Australia is the third largest of Holocaust survivors. But most of those Holocaust survivors have passed on, including my late mother.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, we're getting to the point in time where there will be no Holocaust survivors left. And then, then what? That's the question. And yeah, then, I just want to mean, ask mean...
7: a question, one one more thing, um, I'm puzzled, uh, you know, Irene from Melbourne, Australia, right, and I'm an avid listener to the program and I think you guys do a fantastic jo- job and, and including Mark who's not there today, um, I'm puzzled because uh, do other callers in Canada, locally, call your program up? I just want to ask that, that, that question and Can you give me
1: the answer? It's a great question, and, yeah, we do get calls. Um, uh, They they happen. Um, They haven't happened lately. Uh, Our phone lines have been up and down, but uh, in in general, we get a lot of calls. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, in in general. No worries. Just last little while, we've had problems with the phone lines, and we've had problems with the studio. So now everything's back up and running. Everything's running properly. So we should start seeing. The, well, it's
7: great. It's great that this phone line is working. I got straight through, so it's 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 loud and clear, guys.
1: So that's what I'm saying. So things are working fine now. So people aren't going to be frustrated trying to call in anymore. So thank God.
7: Okay. All
1: right. Thank you so much for calling, Nathan. I appreciate it.
6: Take care, Nathan. All
7: right, Howie, and keep up the great work, uh, yourself, Howie, and Sheldon. Great, great
6: program. Thank, thank you, you so you. much, Nathan. Take
1: All care. Right, bye bye. All right, that was Nathan uh, from. Melbourne Australia, uh, I just messaged uh, Mayor weinstein from um, from the JDL and asked him if he had a couple of minutes to come on to the show. Uh, he hasn't answered me, so maybe he's a little busy, but if he doesn't come on this week, I'll try to get him on for next week and we could ask him that question
6: because, yeah because i'm 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 just wondering because you know you brought up a very interesting point if in fact the the you know the unfortunately the people in the Holocaust victims are slowly starting to pass on, pass away, and then is it is the next new generation going to be what they call a total forgotten generation? That's and I and I think that that is something that really concerns me, and I'm sure that concerns you as well. What is you know I, you know, to let people like Netflix or anybody else that decides to, to quote roast or do really a ridiculous thing, and be very insensitive to the people of the Holocaust. Uh, I think, really, I I would worry. I would really worry and be extremely concerned about this.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I'm 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 really concerned about this because uh, now we're roasting Anne Frank. Um, I, I hate even saying it sounds sick. Yeah. I mean, you know, I. Uh, uh, but but that's what they're calling it. They call it the roast of Anne Frank. I mean, it's just disgusting. And so, but you know, now they're doing that. What's next? What's next? Are they gonna do a comedy based on in a concentration camp?
6: Like yeah. a sitcom that's, based that's, in the concentration camp. That's, that what, I, that's what I'm worried about and they're gonna and they're gonna scale back or what's to you know, what's to prevent from them maybe going further by even maybe questioning certain things about the Holocaust or well, certain stories about the Holocaust or you know, things that we've known for many, many years and we know for a fact many, many years, and all of a sudden you know they say like maybe parts of it was would be a cover up. Like, what where else can they go here? Where you know, where what more can they cross the line? Where you know, uh, what more damage can they do? And well, the thing you is, know the-, the Jewish if the Jewish community, Howie themselves, are not going to rise up and saying, you know what, this is unacceptable, this is untrue, this is unbelievable, we're either going to cancel cancel subscriptions to Netflix. And, or we're going to write and we're going to do, we're going to pressure the, but you're living in a a
1: dream world, Sheldon, because none of the Jewish leadership has done that.
6: Yeah. And that's the biggest problem.
1: Nobody has done that.
6: And until anybody's, you know, anybody steps up to the plate, you know, we're going to wind up being almost a very forgotten culture, religion, you know, uh, people. And it's, you know, And it's really up to the rabbis in the synagogue, the communities to really rally up people to say, hey, listen, are you not proud to be Jewish? Are you not proud, you know, to to serve God? Are you not proud to be a person that takes care of your families, takes care of themselves, respects other people? Like where, you know, where are we going to wind up going? I mean, we even see our local community not standing up at all.
1: No, we, like, see, we see the world community not standing up.
6: And now the world community is not standing up. And now we haven't heard anything from the Jewish Defense League. What well, have they I, done? Well, What
1: was that? We we're saying we haven't heard anything. I'm not sure if they, they said anything about this or not. Okay. Um, I, I messaged the, uh, the, the chairman of the Jewish Defense League, the Canadian chairman. Uh, he hasn't answered me yet. I mean, uh, you know, it's Sunday night. It's Father's Day, right? He might be a little right. um, busy. Um, but if he answers me, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah,
6: please.
1: Uh, if not, I'll try to get him on uh, next week or in two weeks, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get his take on this, because uh, I think it's important that somebody stand up for this. You know, have the rabbis
6: even this. Uh, address this maybe in some of the sermons in this, around, your, around synagogues around well, the around I, the, I, world. the
1: synagogue I went to, the synagogue I go to, the rabbi didn't say a word about this.
6: Okay. See, and that's another thing. I think the rabbis also should bring it to the attention, because maybe a lot of people might not have heard of it. Some that's, people, yes, of course. I'm sure the, a lot of people did, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't. Like Nathan himself said he didn't hear of this. It's the first time he's heard of it. Yeah. Uh, the community in Melbourne hasn't really said much, if anything at all. So there is a lot of exposure well, that needs to be made. Well, that's why and, the Jewish
1: community, you know, uh, as grassroots, has to push their leadership. We, mm-hmm. we have the responsibility as people in the community to push our leadership to do something about it. Anyway, we're going to have to take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silver Show continues. I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. And, and we're both happy to be here. And we are both happy to be here. Um, no. And, um, and we're going to uh, we're gonna take a little oh, break.
6: Yeah, and I have something about Meyer Weinstein. I just got a Facebook message from him.
1: Yeah, he's banned from Facebook. I see it.
6: Oh, yeah, you just saw it. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right, so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silber Show continues. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network, I'm going to try to reach Mayor Weinstein. I want to. I want to talk to him. I want to ask him uh, the question. All right. So we're going to um, we're going to give him a call and see if he answers. And uh, and if he does, after the break, we'll have him on the air with us. If he doesn't, well, I guess we won't. Right, show. That's it. All right. So we'll take a little you, break. You got it, Pontiac. <laughs> when we come back. The Howie Silver continues right here on the True Talk Radio Network.
0: Hey you. What's that
3: you're wearing? Yo, it's my yarmulke. Yo, 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 guys, that's so hot already. Yeah, I want something new, something now. Something cool, something hip. Something wild, something fresh. We don't have anything new, guys. Why, shall we do? Now, eight time hit it. Yo, Len, yo, Len, check this out. I want another beat, something I can learn from, something I can rock to. Here we go
2: now. Big, 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 big Jewish. Jewish, Jewish, Jewish,
1: ah
8: ya 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 ya.
1: Physics, Albert <Alfred> Einstein. Jewish,
8: ah ya 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 ya. Medicine, Einstein. Jewish, ah ya 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 ya. Psychology, Sigmund Freud. Jewish, ah ya 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 ya. Politics, Golda Meir. Was the middle of. The- was it was dark into the night. The moon was full and clear, or the sun was shining bright. I had a tete a tete with a man of highest esteem such a lifelike situation, it could have been a dream. He said I lived a while, around thirty years at least. And I think you should listen to me until I've said my piece. I said that's fine and dandy, but your face is turning blue. Or said, "Be good, be cool, yo, yo, be, be Jewish." Jewish. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Baseball, dandy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. literature, any reason. Emma Lazarus.
8: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Comedy. J- Billy J- Crystal, J- Jew- So I said in response, What not exactly are you saying? Is there something I should know? Is a game that you're playing? What? What's the point to these words? Is it simple as it seems? Dude. Do you have a video yes. to explain what you mean? He said in times like this, you should use that information because the world could get confusing. I said, Election. If you don't have the tools, then you won't know what to do. or So be good, be cool. Yo, yo, I'll be, be Jewish, Jewish. Uh, Area. Area of zone. <laughs> Violinist <laughs> Music
3: what? Yeah. What does this all mean? You're man. Relax, you have to wait till the third verse.
8: Look, all this music is great, but what's so cool about being Jewish? For well, your information,
2: Judaism has been around for thousands of years. Yeah, that's good. And the Jews have lasted longer than any other nation.
8: That's cool, so what's the point?
2: And although making up less than
8: 1% of the world's population, we have made more of an impact than anyone. So those are the names we're listening to. Yes, that's right. Do it! Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Military, Ocean day on. Do uh, yeah, yeah.
1: is crystal your
8: intentions are clear but i need to know more so we said Listen here. knowledge is the key to any type of growing where, where did you come from where, where are you going learn, learn about yourself learn, learn about your past learn, learn about your heritage learn, learn how to ask Then when people talk to you and ask you what's new you'll respond
2: economy
3: was the hippest, coolest, freshest, baddest sound I ever kicked around. Man, that stuff grooved, it moved. Lay it on me one more time. Uh, time, Huh? Can you repeat that in English this time? I find this song interesting and entertaining, and the message it contains scintillating. I would be most gracious if you would repeat that last section for our edification.
8: Knowledge is the key to any type of growing. Where, Where did you come from? Where, Where are you going? Learn, Learn about yourself. Learn. Learn about your past. Learn, Learn about your heritage. Learn. Learn how to ask. Then when people talk to you and ask you what's new, you'll respond. I'm
2: good. I'm
8: cool. I'm Jewish. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Football.
0: Uh, Bo Jackson. Oh,
8: Bo Jackson. Ay, 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 ay. Hey, Bo Jackson's it's, it's, not Jewish it's, it's, it's oh, ah, ay, ay,
3: ay, ay. Bo knows
8: everything ay, ay.
2: shot you
0: The Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two.
1: And Sheldon Eric Fried is here with me. Sheldon. are you there?
6: I'm here. Happy You're, to be here. You are here. Are you happy? I'm happy. Are right. you happy?
1: I am very happy. We are talking about uh, we are talking about the Netflix roast of Anne Frank. Uh, yeah. Every time I say that, it, it just it just it's revolting. Just the concept is revolting. Yeah. Uh, we managed to get through to Mayor Weinstein of the JDL, and uh, he's graciously agreed to join us on uh, on a three minute notice. So thank you, Mayor, for that. I appreciate it.
9: Yes. No problem. Thank you.
1: Uh, Netflix uh, Netflix decided that it was a good idea to make a comedy show about um, uh, about making fun, mocking, and, and making fun of Anne Frank, uh, Holocaust victim. Uh, I haven't heard much from the Jewish community. I mean, there's been a couple of articles and uh, and and, and some and, so, and, so, and a little bit of ranting, but there there hasn't really been much much uh, pressure put onto Netflix or, or much condemnation inflicted on Netflix uh, for this. Uh, why do you think that is, Mayor?
9: good question it's um you know it's almost like it's open season on jews there's uh anti-semit anti-semitism coming from here coming from there from all kinds of sides we had a walk for israel uh, event uh, may 20th on the long weekend and here in toronto very well attended from the jewish community however there were uh uh, BDS gangs that, uh, created a disruption and the police did nothing and actually assisted them. Wow. Uh, there's Al could day that takes place that the police, uh, uh, and the Al Quds people anti-Semites, they have no, uh, permit or anything. Uh, the mayor, uh, uh, condemned them. And there's supposed to be, uh, measures taken by the city uh to enforce the law to see to it that it's not going to happen. Meanwhile, the police give them a full escort, free of charge, to parade on downtown streets. They close off traffic for them to uh to preach the message of slaughtering Jews and destroying Israel. Uh this takes place all over the place, all over the world. Uh there seems to be double standards when it comes to uh, anti-Semitic attacks on Jews that we can't even name who the perpetrators are.
1: You know, you, you, now you, we,
9: have, I, uh, we have this with Anne Frank on Netflix that they're actually making fun of her. You know, I remember growing up, and you know, my parents were Holocaust survivors, and we had a dog. And uh, I remember um, a friend of my. Uh, um, my parents came over to the house. Friends came over, and uh, the father uh, uh, of this couple, uh, when he saw the dog, he, got, he gets out of his car. When he saw the dog, cause I never saw the look of terror in anyone's face ever before. And you know, obviously, we put our dog away and, and all that. But and my my dad said that uh, he he has he he's still haunted. That that person was still haunted. Of the memory of uh, Nazis uh, hunting for Jews in the woods with dogs, and I can't make any jokes about people like that. And for Netflix to have a, to start making jokes about Anne Frank and, in effect, the Holocaust, it's the worst type of uh, Holocaust denial.
1: Now, now Netflix has come out and said that uh, well, it's okay. It's Jewish comedians that are uh, that are that are hosting this and Jews sure. produce this thing. So, yeah, uh, like you know, of my best
9: friends, right? Yeah, call so my best so, friends are Jews. So how could I be anti-Semitic, right?
1: Look, our, our our program director is a Jewish guy named Robbie Pra. I mean, you know, everything's Jewish here. So what's the problem? That that's what they said essentially, and it's just mind-boggling. It blows my mind. It is. You, you know, you have Jews
9: that are involved also uh, with BDS groups. Yeah. And it's anti-Semitic, and they're calling
1: for the destruction of Israel uh, let me, me Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Mayor. Do you think, and I used this example before, I'm going to use it again. Do you think that if they did a, a, a roast of Emmett Till, or they did a roast of Mohammed, do you think there would be a, 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 a much greater reaction than, than the Jewish be reaction? Be a
9: complete wall-to-wall condemnation. If Netflix started poking fun uh making light of blacks who were lynched in the south in the states by Ku Klux Klan gangs uh and they made jokes about that and fun about that. Uh I think we'd hear uh protests, violent protests outside the Netflix headquarters with broken windows and people would justify that. People would actually, people would justify that.
1: And I think it would be justified. I think a protest like that would be justified. Yeah.
9: But, yeah, but why not? But when the, it comes to Jews, Jews, but when it comes to Jews, they say no. Somehow there's uh, uh, the preaching is uh, turn the other cheek and continuously turn your other cheek and justify it. It's completely wrong, and uh, the Jewish community has to uh, has to dig deep and be strong and stand up to this in spite of the overt double standard. We have nothing to lose. We have to be strong, and we have to call it out with force.
1: Okay, so is the JDL going to call out Netflix over this? Absolutely. All right, good, good. At least somebody, at least somebody's going to do something. I, Absolutely. I, I've heard a lot of nothing. I would like to hear something. I'd like to, I like, I like to see something being done about this because this is yeah. totally unacceptable. It's disgusting. It's revolting.
9: Absolutely, it's. Uh... You know, it's amazing. We're talking about this on Father's Day. You know, you yeah. reflect about your parents and and all that. My father, Holocaust survivor, and that. And and in this day and age, to denigrate the Holocaust in such a way, it's just it's it's the words. There's not even words for it. It's so low. It's the new anti-Semitism.
1: And, and mayor, they called it the roast of Anne Frank. I, I mean, the, the roast of Frank. How, how much sicker could you get than that?
9: Uh, Completely. I could just see the, the writers
1: just rolling in laughter at the double entendre. There. It's just so, so, so revoltingly disgusting.
9: Ugh. It's as if going into, go, go to Yad Vashem and start uh, cracking jokes there. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. it just can't
1: be. Mayor, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on such short notice. I know I gave you two minutes notice. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That uh, Mayor Weinstein from uh, the chairman of the Jewish Defense League Canada. And Chilton, there's your answer.
6: Good for him. I'm so glad that uh, now the Jewish Defense League is going to take a stand, and uh, and uh, that's what I figured. Because if they, if they, if you know, once they know about it, and once you know, uh, Mister Meyer is going to, you know, uh, really go after uh, with the Jewish Defense League, really go after this and saying, you know what, it's despicable what you're doing to the Jewish community you should be ashamed of yourself even if you have Jewish comedians that are doing it and you have and you have a Jewish program director no sometimes you know comedy i know sometimes goes around the line but you can't cross over the line and especially saying the roast this is not too, this it is just not gives comedy me the jeebies when i hear when i hear somebody saying roast
1: this is not comedy this is not comedy no this is pure anti jewism
6: no and it's actually quite sad that both the program director of Netflix and the Jewish comedians have gone over that line, and it's really sad to hear that.
1: And they and they think it's funny.
6: Yeah, and it's not. And they think it's funny. Yeah. There's nothing funny about this to not, me.
1: Nothing at all. I, I don't no. find anything funny about this. No. And I'm no. glad. I'm glad we brought it. To, I'm glad that we we spoke to Mayor, and I'm glad that uh, JDL is going to do something about it, because this is totally unacceptable.
6: Way to go! That's fantastic. That's great news.
1: All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, Center Block with Sheldon Eric Freed.
2: Come to your rhythm, Messiah. We'll get you higher. Get you through the door. Come to your rhythm, Messiah. We're what you.
0: This is the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call
1: 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silbiger. Welcome back to the program. And it is Sunday, which means that we are... Uh, well, it's always Sunday when we're on the show, isn't it? No, uh, it, it is Sunday. It's the last, uh, last hour of the Sunday show. And we are, um, we are blessed. We are absolutely blessed and privileged to have Sheldon Eric Freed here and Center Block.
6: Good evening, Howie. My topic for this evening, Center Block, is first, France's law on banning religious symbols. Now, Quebec in Canada just introduced Bill 21. Which country is next to take away our freedoms of religion? There is no question on the hatred, racist, and xenophobia both governments of France, along with the government of Quebec, have towards their citizens whom are proud to wear religious symbols of their respective faiths. The French law on secularism and religious symbols in schools, banning wearing religious symbols in French public institutions, such as government-operated, primary, and secondary schools. The law in France is an amendment of the French Code of Education that expands principles founded in existing French law, the separation of state and religious activities. The bill passed France's national legislature and was signed into law by President Jacques Chirac, on the 15th of March 2004. Now in Quebec, across the water, their government called the CAQ Coalition Avenir de Québec. A far right-wing group has proposed Bill 21 and is now in the process of forcing the bill through to make it law. It is funny to me that both France and here in Quebec are very similar and not only in language, but in terms that at one point, both Quebec and France used to be a lot more progressive towards the left. Now it has gone way over to the right and have both passed their respective pieces of legislation batting the wearing of religious symbols. My question to you now, will it be enough fuel for similar laws to be passed in the United States as well as other countries in the world? Is that possible? These laws fuel hatred, and as long as the person wearing religious symbols do not threaten anyone else, then I ask, why should he or she not be able to wear them and be safe at the same time? Another incident happened in Montreal that a woman wearing a kneecap was peacefully waiting for a bus to pick her up from the bus stop. Well, on a quiet street where there was very little traffic, the bus driver arrived at the bus stop, however, did not pick her up. The woman was simply minding her own business, waiting for the bus. And what was her so-called crime? She was wearing an e-cab. Big deal. She was not violent or uttered any death or violent threats. Also, the bus driver was discovered that she had written a lot of hatred on her Facebook page towards Muslims. Why? Future bills like this, no matter where you live around the world, have to be struck down. As long as people who wear religious articles of any kind are peaceful, and do not demonstrate any acts of aggression or hatred towards anyone else. They should be permitted to wear religious symbols and not having to fear for their lives, along with the lives of their families and loved ones. For Center Block, I'm Sheldon Eric Freed on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you very
1: much, Sheldon. And uh, I love the way you classified us as far right. I mean, I I really think that... um, that the groups that are banning religious symbols are actually far left. They, they can't be right-wing. right-wing well, the
6: two, go- the two governments that have done it, because France used to be a lot more either central, like uh, more center, or to the left. And now, uh, well, Jacques Chirac passed it back in uh, March of 2004. So he was more to the right. And this one is even further to the right. And Quebec, the CAQ, was more right-wing than the Liberal Party.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't make them—they're uh, not radical right wing. They're—they're—they're they're kind of lefties. I mean, well, i,
6: I don't know because uh, they were doing a lot of right wing programs. I don't want to get into localized stuff, but yeah. uh, our local government here has get, has been getting a lot more right wing policies, as well as even the government, the provincial government in Ontario, uh, also has gone really out to the out to the right. But you know, it's not even here or there, right or left, but it's just those two governments had something in common to begin with now that does not mean and i just uh, drew a parallel there that does not mean that left government you know left-wing governments wouldn't pass that law either that's uh, you know that 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 goes with each government according to their own specific policies but i just drew parallels between the governments of france and the government of quebec for right now but you know what I, because uh, in, is, general,
1: I, in general, uh, right-wing governments aren't xenophobic. Uh, left-wing governments are xenophobic.
6: Yeah, exactly. That's why I found it very uh, very puzzling. And I agree with that, Howie, because I, I, usually a lot of left-wing governments are that xenophobic. But in this case, no. And the thing is, what does this also mean? Does this also mean that other countries, they're going to start seeing the laws in France? They're going to see law here in the province of Quebec. Who's going to be next to jump on the bandwagon? Is it going to get to the point that, you know, now we're talking about the erosion of the Jewish community around the world, and now you can't even be proud to wear a kippah because you're going to have laws restricting you to wear the kippah. Now, when the government introduces this, it also opens up the door, what more can they get away with? They could always tinker around with the bill. And if these governments have majority governments, oppositions are not going to be enough to be able to topple the bill. The uh, CAC just got the bill in. They rammed the bill through. And no matter the opposition, the three parties combined, because the CAC got a majority government, that bill is law. Uh,
1: Have they passed it yet? I'm not sure if they passed it yet.
6: They were in the process of passing it. I know they were going to uh, do it this weekend or definitely extend the weekend, according to our uh, provincial premier, um, to say that he, that he was going to try to do it. I know they cut off the debates already from the opposition parties. They've already cut the debates off. So if they've already cutting the debates off, I think as we're politically astute, I think we know what's the next thing that's going to come in, especially knowing that they have a majority government. Chances are that bill that hasn't already been rammed through is going to be rammed through by, the, by definitely this coming week. Very scary. And the thing is, what's going to happen next? Well, they're going to say, well, no, you know what? You can't even wear a kippa on the street. Uh, you can't wear a cross, a meziza. What, what's to be next for them to ram through and make it even more secular than it is now, which is, shouldn't be that in the first place?
1: Sheldon, I'd love to get into this conversation with you, but we're all out of time. Yeah, so we'll have to hold this off till next week.
6: You got it. Thank Take you. care, my friend. It's thank been a, it's been a blast.
1: Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you, and for- I'm happy to be here. And we're both happy. We're very yes. happy. Uh, thank you all for, uh, for listening. Uh, I want to thank Mayor Weinstein for coming on on such short, short notice. And uh, we'll be back next week right here on the True Talk Radio Network. If you missed any part of the show, the archives will be up a little later on tonight. And, of course, it re-airs on truetalkradio.com every single day, so you can hear it there, too. I'm Howie Silberger, Like us on Facebook, The Howie Silberger Show. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. Don't forget to tweet him. And we'll see you again next week. Tweet him.
2: I've seen it on the faces of kids all over the world. They're speaking as members of their Jewish community.
0: listening to True Talk Radio, the only place to be.